This is episode 309 of The Amy Ehlers Show, and I'm your host, you guessed it, Amy Ehlers, master women's leadership coach, keynote speaker, and best-selling author. And this show is especially for powerful, high-achieving women that are ready to stop being so darn hard on themselves so they can make their greatest contribution and rise and lead. Show notes for today's episode called The Dance of Surrender can be found at amyaylorshow.com forward slash 309. Today's episode is brought to you by my upcoming amazing destination retreat called Barefoot Perfect Belize. Yes, that's right. Me and my dear BFF, Samantha Bennett, are taking a small intimate circle of incredible high achieving women who are in midlife and beyond to go and vision and dream and pleasure dig about the next chapter of their life. If that sounds like you, head on over to barefootperfect.com. That's barefootperfect.com and apply for one of these 20 spots. Spots are filling and we have a very special early bird rate that's available right now that's going to disappear really soon. So go on over to barefootperfect.com and maybe I'll just see you in Belize. I'm welcoming on today's show the amazing Mona Duvestil. She is a dear friend that I made about a year ago now. She's an incredible human being, an award-winning author who grew up in Brussels, Belgium, and later moved to the United States, where she taught writing at the State University of New York. Mona's debut novel, One String Guitar, was a semifinalist for VCU Cabell First Novelist Award. Her memoir, King Leopard's Daughter, was a finalist for Restless Books' New Immigrant Writing Prize. She's also a writing coach and a ghostwriter and has led countless clients through the process of writing their books and launching them into the world. She's also a foster mom, and today we are going to go deep talking about the dance of surrender. Because I don't know about you, but it feels like time is speeding up. We are living in a time of unprecedented grief, amazing up-leveling, and incredible opportunity. And so this requires one of the most elusive and powerful tools we have at our disposal as human beings, surrender. So we're going to go there today and talk about the power of surrender and how to use that. We're going to show you how Mona has used this as a foster mom and how she's also used it to fight injustices going on on the systemic level in this world. For more information about Mona, visit her at authormona.com. That's authormona.com. And now on with the show. Oh, Mona, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome, 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 my dear. Thank you so much, Amy, for having me on your show. This is such a pleasure to be here. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, I, I'm excited to dive into this topic of surrender and talk about the rapid transformation that's happening on the planet at this time. And I know that you have so many incredible experiences professionally, personally, being a woman in the world. And I'd love for you to just dive on in. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, in my recent conversations with some friends and clients that I've had recently, it has come to my attention that most of us seem to be going through some kind of transformation at the moment. And I know that's true most of our lives and phases of our lives, but I don't know about you, but it feels like the pace 
like the speed at which mm. things are moving lately seems to be really accelerated. Yes. To- oh my gosh. Totally. Yeah. And it just feels like it's piling on. Yeah. In such a huge way. And it can become really overwhelming, especially, you know, when we are women that want to make such a huge difference on the planet at this time. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that like for me, the last two years have been particularly challenging and, you know, I've developed some tools um, that have really helped me face some of these challenges while maintaining a high level of self-care. And I feel like self-care during these times of transformation is so, so, so important. Mm. And, you know, there's some basic things that are common to all of us, and some of it is more customized to yourself, but really being mindful about self-care. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, and I think that, it's interesting, right? Because when being in a time where so much is going on for really, like you said, for everyone I know too, there's personal things going on and there's global things going on. And there's mm-hmm. for those of us that live in the U S that are going on. And what I also notice is that we as women in particular have the tendency when things start piling on to actually have self-care be the first thing that gets taken off the list that goes yeah. right out the window. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) It's true. And I've learned that the hard way in the past for myself where, you know, you're go, 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 go. And you think, well, I don't have time to meditate and I don't have time. You know, I need to get up earlier and I need to, or I don't have time to exercise. And it's like, you know, (laughs) it's going to make the rest of the day a lot harder if you don't, even if it's a little bit of time. I mean, it doesn't have to be a ton of time. Right. Yeah. Well, I feel like as, as ambitious, you know, high-powered women, we often have this lie that goes something like, well, if I can't do it perfectly, meaning sit and meditate yeah. for 60 minutes on a cushion, then it makes no sense to just even stop and take three deep breaths. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's true. And I've reminded myself of that where I, you know, and for me, there's like the top list and then there's the you know, you can't go without this list and then let's try to go with the second list as well, you know? Yeah, there's like the non-negotiables that are right. like, this has to happen no matter yeah. what, please, yeah. I gotta do this, yeah. Yeah, like enough sleep, water, and um, healthy food are non-negotiables for me. Like, I don't care what the heck you're thinking. I love it. <laughs> you have to do those things. The, that's so great. And so I want just everyone listening right now, what are your non-negotiables? What are those moments of self-care that are absolutely essential in order for you to have any sort of energy to make a great contribution and to rise to really fulfilling your potential? What are those non-negotiables? And I love, Mona, that you said sleep because I think that's one of the most underrated and like kind of the unsexy (laughs) self-care out there in the world. And it is so important. It's important for our bodies. It's important for our brains. It's important for our systems. Mm -hmm. And I feel, you know, women in particular are chronically exhausted. And moms, I mean, as a mom, oh my gosh, you know, that's the first thing that goes out the window. And also, but that's the first thing I need to put back on the plate because that's when your patient runs short and you're like, oh, yeah, (laughs) right. You know, but you know, I've been thinking about surrender as part of the self-care toolkit Mm. and, um, I've realized that this is a really crucial element in terms of what helps me during, particularly during like very difficult challenges. And, you know, you talked about, you know, us women as being powerful women, you know, 
I, I, I think of myself as a powerful go-getter. You know, I'm a doer. I love to take things on and to get things done. And so sometimes surrendering seems counterintuitive for me in my approach to challenges because it's like, what do you mean? You know, I've even, even like Googled the definition and looked it up in Webster's and thought about like, okay, what does it really mean? Because I'm like, my first thought when I heard surrender was like kind of giving in and giving up. Right. And that's right. not what we're talking about. So mm-hmm. I want to say that right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to talk about concretely. So what am I saying? Because there seems to be like two categories of challenges, uh, at least for me anyway. And it's, and sometimes within a given challenge, there's two categories of approaches. So there's the, the, the challenges that you can stop and prevent. And then there's those that you cannot, that are literally really outside of your control. And Mm. most of the time, it's a little bit of combination of both. There are things that you can do within this realm, but there are also things you have to let go of. You can't, you can't, you cannot fight against this. Um, And this is where surrender comes in. Mm. Um, So for example, um, I, I know that in the past I approached, and this is like before this toolkit, you know, with a surrender component, mm. I've approached these battles. I call these battles where I fought and fought and fought against things that I cannot change. And I've really injured myself. And usually what, what actually happens to me is I either literally physically injure myself or I become ill. Wow. It shows yeah. up like that. Yeah. It shows up like that for me. I mean, and it could be a little thing where it's a cold, right. But I mean, it can be serious. Um, in the like in the past year alone, I've had two fractures on my right leg. Oh my uh, gosh! <laughs> yeah, and this is, where, this is where I was like, okay, you really, really need to practice the surrender thing because this is no joke. This is no joke. Like, this is your body saying, "Hello, stop!" Mm-hmm. Literally, stop! Like, you cannot stop it. Um, and you know, when you look up and then this is a little bit woo woo, but you look up at like the meaning of the injuries of the feet and the legs, it's the fear of the future, not stepping forward in life or having too much obligation, feelings of anger, irritation, frustration, or rage. And I was like, yep, yep. Check, check, check. (laughs) (laughs) And busted. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I want to kind of unpack the surrender a little bit more for people. Yeah, I would love that. Well, and and maybe you're going here, but I just wanted to dive in a little bit to that that distinct like distinguishing and being able to understand the difference between the things that are truly beyond your control, mm-hmm. the things where you don't have power and the things where you do have power. Right. Can are you can you tell us a little bit more about how you differentiate because I'm thinking about for example you know, there's massive things going on in this country right now that I know my listeners, I know you, I know me are not okay with that feel like we want to be able to make a difference, whether it's about immigration policies happening at our border right now, Mm -hmm. or it's about other things that are going on in this country. And we want, like they're happening on a huge scale and it can feel like we are really powerless and hopeless around it. And so, and simultaneously, we want to be able to make a difference and know where our power is. So when we're approaching a big topic like policy changes, you know, gun reform that we want to see happen in this country, and we're you know starting this election cycle and all these debates and all this stuff, 
how do you, how do you approach that? How do you know where your power really lies? Well, this is a great example. And this is a great question because when I think of the perfect example for the place where you really, really benefit from approaching that surrender approach and making a differentiation between what I can control and what I cannot, it's systemic injustice. Mm. Um, so like you talked about, you know, immigration, um, and things happening at our borders. Um, whenever there is a systemic injustice, something that's massive, it's like a machinery, you know, it's a machine of oppression or of things that are in place or governmental things, elements at play. Um, it's really, really important to literally critically look at, okay, I am one human being in this massive battle (laughs) and that I can literally concretely make a list of the things I can do today, this week, this month, and this year to make a contribution towards the change that I intend to see in the world. And when you check those off, I mean, you do those things and you must release the rest. Mm -hmm. That means that you're not carrying on a day to day. Uh, I'm not, I, I, I basically, I really, I'm going to speak in I, because I release it for the rest of the day. Like I'll say, this is, and, and, and there are moments of grief about it where I kind of like, it's part of my practice as well, where I will say like, I know that some of the things that help me, you know, listen to Stevie wonder at the top of my lungs and yeah. cry, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, all, you know, love in the need of love that, that song, Love is in need of love. Oh my God, Stevie Wonder's that song just makes me ball. And those are things that are, where it's like, it's me saying, I'm letting go of the rest of this. Yes. I'm not going to carry this all day. I'm not going to carry it in my shoulders. I'm not going to carry it in my stomach, wherever it is, you know? Yeah. Because I can't, I can't change all of that. I can, I do, I did my 12 tasks and it seems, maybe it seems, I don't know what it seems, but <laughs> it really is powerful. It really is. I, I love that. And so for everyone listening, really pulling this out here of when there are these huge, like, as you said, systemic injustices going on, making your list of the things that you can do, whether it's calling your representatives, writing an email, posting something or sharing something on social media, if that calls to you, whatever it is that really resonates with you, and then letting it go. Mm -hmm. surrendering it up Mm -hmm. and not taking it with you throughout the rest of the day. And when we look at this from a psychological perspective, I've always loved that in psychology, there's that term shelving it. And I think that it's so brilliant to actually imagine taking the topic of that particular thing and putting it on the shelf and being like in your brain, saying to your brain, okay, brain, we're putting this on the shelf now. We're releasing it and we'll pick it back up tomorrow when we do our 12 things again. Yeah. And I, you know, and I want to say it might be easier to do when we're talking about actually institutional injustice, but I want to also bring it a little, the lens a little bit closer because some people might be listening and saying, well, okay, that's fine. I can see what you're saying about say racism or, or immigration, but what about when it's something like, you know, I have a child who is sick, who has a diagnosis, who is, I'm, I am terrified of the outcome of the situation. And it's literally the closest 
element to my heart. This is my child. This is, this is my child. This is this little being that I adore and I would give my life for. And so it's like, well, how do you approach that? And surrender, I'm telling you, it works in this heart wrenching situation as well. Um, because, um, okay, this is what, this is what I've done. I mean, I don't have a child who's diagnosed, but I am a foster parent and I, I want to disclose that because it's, Something that is on a daily basis, you are very powerless. There's, yes. there's literally the areas in which you are going to give your life to this child. And then there are the areas where no matter how much you fight and claw your way, you will not make a difference in this realm because it is not your realm. This is yeah. not your area of control. You cannot do anything. Um, and illness is the same way. I mean, outcomes of laws. It's the same way. You know, it's like, it's, it's beyond your control. It really is truly beyond your control. I was talking to, you know, a friend of mine from childhood. Her name is Wendy Root. She also happens to be a shaman. I've been working with her for about 11 years. Mm. Um, and she said, you know, she said to me, when you're tumbling down a hill and there's no way for you to slow or, or stop your fall, you can either surrender into the fall or you can claw your way all the way down the hill and injure yourself. And I thought this was the first time she mentioned it to me. And she has mentioned this to me, this concept several times in ver- with different images that I'm going to share with you. But I thought, my God, I love that image. Yes. You know, it's that it's like I felt energetically my injuring myself where I refuse to accept the things I cannot change. I refuse. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I, I want to change this reality. And it's like, okay, well, you're going to claw your way down the hill and injure yourself. Right. And so when you are in that depleted state, you cannot, you cannot help anyone. It's that oxygen mask, you know, when they say, um, put your oxygen mask on first and you think, well, shouldn't I put it on my baby first? And it's like, right. no. Yeah. No, because if you pass out, your baby is going to be alone. Right. right. Um, so I love that image because Wendy and I've worked together for so long. She, she has really shaped my spiritual practice and she has armed me with invaluable tools and my own shamanic practice. We have recurring themes and that's one of the recurring themes that has come up. And she said, you know, again, she said, okay, so let's forget the tumbling down the hill Think of yourself in a raging river Mm. and the current is, you know, raging all around you. White water's pulling at you and you're in the water, but you're, you're holding on for dear life on the edge of the, you know, the banks of the river. You're holding on to these roots and these rocks. And if you try to hold on, you know, you will injure yourself. You cannot fight the current and you're in, you're in the river. You can't get out of the river. You've got to deal with this reality. So choose how you will allow your body to flow down the current and carry you through the raging waters into the other side to safety. Choose how you're going to do that. You know, and that's really, really helped me. Um, when I'm in the thick of it with challenges that are literally feel like it's unbearable, you know, the, the injury of a child or the, something happening to a child that you love is literally unbearable. I can't think of anything worse actually. Yeah. Um, and that, that really helps me. That really helps me in those moments. 
Um, I don't know. So that's, I, what a beautiful metaphor and a beautiful image. And I know that there are women listening that are in that raging river right now with the rapids around them and they've been clinging and their hands are bleeding from clinging so hard. And for each and every one of you, if you were to let go, and I remember when I was actually um, on a river rafting trip, they said, if you fall off the boat, put your feet up and float Mm. until you get to the other side of the rapid. That was the instruction. It was like, Mm -hmm. don't try to get back on the boat. Mm -hmm. Don't try to hold onto a rock. Put your right. feet up so that you're, you're doing everything you can to just stay on the top level of the water mm-hmm. until you get past the rapids. And, and that's exactly it. That's right. exactly it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think about that. You know, I've literally said to myself, Mona, all you have to do right now is do right now. Just get through this moment right now. Just float through this moment right now. That's all you have to do. You don't have to think about tonight, tomorrow, next week. You just have to be above the surface right now. And yeah, it's raging and it's scary yeah. and it's happening and it's on, but you just, you just float through right now. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And honestly, that's surrender because that means you're letting go of all this other stuff that you think, oh, but I have to hold on to this and I have to do this. It's like, yeah, you can do those four things and you will, and you are, and just float through the rest. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm. Beautiful. So, Mm -hmm. so powerful and so beautiful. And I, I, I'm, I needed to hear this reminder today, Mona. So thank you. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the other tools that I feel has helped me tremendously is using the power of narrative in my life. Mm. You know, as you know, I mean, I'm a writer and I'm a ghostwriter and a writing coach, but you know, I really, really know that there is this incredible power of narrative and shaping our lives in the way that we want it to be shaped. And the first thing that has helped me in that process is beginning to examine the stories that I've told myself Mm -hmm. or I've told myself about myself, about my life and about the world. And then put into practice my mindfulness of in the middle of a conversation with somebody like about a situation that I'm facing, I might be talking about, Oh, you know, this is happening and this, and then I catch myself. What story am I enacting right now? What story is this story? True. Is this story actually the true story or is this something that I'm actually telling myself? Yeah. Um, And I can't tell you how many times I've actually now stopped myself in the middle of conversation and shifted the story right in mid, in mid creation. I love it. Well, and I can imagine that being a foster mom and it was so fun when um, Mona and I had an opportunity when we were at a retreat to hang out with her foster son and my, um, my daughter who my youngest daughter, and they were like fast friends within two minutes and they were the cutest <laughs> thing ever. And, and, you know, so I know the love that you have for your foster son. And it's like, what, how do you, what's the narrative that's working for you around this situation that you're in now? Well, you know, for me, what I realize is that I am one tiny speck in the story of these children. Mm. And so you know, a lot of times we will think, oh, you know, I know what's best and I know what needs to happen. And I know you don't know anything. Mm. You have one lens. You are one person. This little human being has an entire family. 
They have an ancestral line. They have, you know, and I mean, of course I'm imposing my belief on this, but this is, I mean, what we all, everybody does, you know, right. Uh, I believe that I'm just one speck. I'm one speck and I don't, I don't need to pretend that I know that I need to know exactly what needs to happen. Yeah. Things will play. I mean, you wouldn't believe the things that happen that just, you realize like, oh my God, just so much bigger than me. Um, and it's so much bigger than this person, this little child. It's, yeah. it's like there's, there's their, their parents and their grandparents and their, um, I mean, there's, and, and yeah, and my, my parents and my grandparents, I mean, that's another thing. I mean, it's like the power of narrative that kind of people find themselves attracted and magnetically attracted to each other through their narratives. Yes. And that's something that I am still blown away by that when I'm called to work with a client, you know, they hire me for my skills and my whatever, my references, my degrees, my awards, but you know what ends up happening? And this blows me away every time. It's like, as we start unpacking their stories and they tell me their lives and they tell me their grandparents' lives and their I'm like, oh my God, now I know why we're working together. <laughs> right. <laughs> like we have serious karmic ancestral magnetic connections that we couldn't consciously known about. Mm. And we were, we were literally called to each other. And this happens with my little foster kids as well. It's like, oh, of course, this is the little kid that came into my house. Right. You know, like this is not happenstance. This is yes. not. And I mean, like, I'll give you an example that I'm kind of making up, but just because I not want to use specific examples, sure, but let's sure. say you have a history of suicide in your family that involves like several family members. And then you end up choosing a partner who in turn shares like similar narratives of suicide in their family. And there's no way for you to have known that when you approach them on that first date, when you first were, you know, magnetically drawn to them. How in the world did you, I mean, what, what is happening here? You know, it's wow. constantly happening. And the reason that I work with narrative is that when you begin to consciously harness the power of these stories in our lives, you can begin to shape and reshape them and you can ultimately change the story. And I feel like that's kind of like the magic sword that I offer in the work that I do with my clients that I work, that I do with myself um, it's just like the shaping and reshaping of narratives to transform our lives. Because literally there is something really, really, um, how do I say this? Like, uh, it's like a quantum leap of transformation that happens when you share your story and other people have access to that story and you intentionally share it. You intentionally shape the story. It's not that you're rewriting history or that you're telling a lie but it's that the lens through which you're looking at your own story has shifted. Mm. So the facts are the same. You come from where, you, you know, you come from this place, your parents are whatever it is, this did happen, but the lens through which you're looking at this, that's in your own power. And that changes everything, but not just for yourself, but for other people. And that's, it's crazy. It's like multi-generational transformation. I'm not even, I mean, this is how powerful it is. Wow. Can you give us an example or an exercise to help people see what it is that you're talking about? Yeah. I mean, an example 
I'll give you an exercise in a second, but an example is, for example, like I know somebody who um, discovered something about his father way later in life. And he actually discovered it through the, um, through his daughter who was saying, Oh, guess what? Grandpa told me a story about this, blah, 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 blah. And when he discovered that piece of the story, he realized that this was a tool that he had been armed with indirectly. Like his father had passed on a tool to his granddaughter and now to his son through by telling the story of him in the war that he already intuitively carried with him, mm. know what to do with it. Like, it was like he knew the story, I mean, without going into the story, but he didn't know what it meant. And all of a sudden, when he had an intentional, um, he, he had intent behind that story, he could shift everything in his life. He shifted everything in his life, in his daughter's lives. He was armed with this new lens I don't know if it's too abstract, but it's like when you look at something in a different way, it's, it's yeah. it basically it's reframing. It's the yes. concept of reframing in, 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 yes. um, in psychology. You know, you can look at it like there's that triangle of the victim, the rescuer, and the perpetrator or the bully. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that triangle of, I forget what it's called in psychology, but it's like a powerlessness. Yeah. When you look at that, those various roles in your life, for example, in, the, in a story, you're like, which one am I? Am I the perpetrator? Am I the, the victim or the rescuer? Mm. And when you realize that you don't have to be any of them, <laughs> <laughs> that actually when you step into one of these three roles, there is something to be gained for each one. Cause we do some things for a reward. You know, it's like, well, when I'm a bull, you know, when I'm, I'm a bully, at least I am feeling powerful. Right. When I'm a victim, people pity me and I get attention. You know, when I'm a rescuer, I feel like I'm taking care of everybody. Right. So those are like silver lining of something negative. Yeah. But then when you honor those qualities in your life without stepping into those roles, what does it feel like to step into your power? What does it feel like to get that attention from a place of positive, not a place of neediness, but a place of security? Mm. So you're honoring those, those elements in yourself without having to step into those roles. That's what I'm talking about. It's like shifting the narrative in midstream. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And this feeds right into what I teach around the inner mean girl work mm-hmm. because the inner mean girl always has a story that she's collecting evidence to try to say is the truth. Mm. When you can step outside of that story of what your inner mean girl or your inner critic is saying and actually step into what your truth is and mm. step into a story that's going to serve you instead of punish you. Yeah. Which is everything. That's, and it, that's it. You know, and, it, and it's not about changing the facts, but it's about how you look at the facts as exactly. there's that expression, that quote, you know, when you, when you change the way that you look at things, the thing that you look at change, changes, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, and it's so true. And I think that that is incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Your narrative. Yeah. That's exactly it. I love that. I, I love what you just said about the inner mean girl. That's, that's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the, an exercise is really easy. It takes five minutes. Um, and basically I just tell people get, go to a comfortable place, you know, physically comfortable, take a moment to have some deep breaths, you know, just 
be present, ground yourself. There are many ways that you can ground yourself. A quick and easy way is to imagine that you're running a line from your tailbone down into the ground so that you're really rooted to, to the earth. Um, and then set your timer for five minutes on your phone and simply ask a question of your choice. Now you can start with a really easy question like, is there something you'd like me to know today? Mm. And really, I mean, this is not woo-woo like, well, who am I talking to? Well, it's, you're talking to yourself. You're talking to your inner wisdom. You're talking to your higher consciousness. You're talking to, you know, we have all the answers, but you're just setting the intention that you're giving yourself the time and the space for five minutes to receive that inner wisdom And you can also do it with specific questions like, can you provide me some guidance regarding blank? You know? Yes. And when the timer goes off, boom, it's it. You'll be amazed. All the amazing information that comes through. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, I needed to know. I needed to remember this for myself today. And yeah. I love it. So everyone, please take the time five short, quick, powerful minutes to do this exercise, to commune with your inner wisdom and to allow her to speak to you in this way. I I love it, Mona. It's exactly in alignment with the work that I do in the world and that I, what I teach. And, and I'd love for you, I know we're starting to wrap up here, but I'd love for you to just tell people briefly about the work that you're doing as a writing coach and ghostwriter, because I know I have several friends and clients that have worked with you that have been blown away by the power of being able to work with someone like you. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. I love the work that I do. I just actually posted about, about this on Facebook. I was like, I can't, sometimes I want to pinch myself. I'm like, I can't believe this is my life. I love doing this work so much. Um, I basically work with people to um, bring their stories to the world. A lot of times people will come to me and say, can you help me write this book? I, you know, I have a pretty good idea of what the story is or what the vision is. And we begin on this journey together. And because this journey involves the, not only the two of us, me as the coach or the ghostwriter and them as the client, but also all of those karmic connections that we bring to the table, you know, all those ways in which that we are connected on such a profound level. Um, a lot of times the vision will start shifting. You know, we, I, what I do is I interview people, I record and get it transcribed and we start, I start shifting through the nuggets and I, I don't know, it's just the thing that I do is like, we go to the deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper layers and we start weaving the threads together and saying, okay, this, you know, this is connected to this and this is emerging and this, and it's an incredible, incredible journey that I feel so humbled. Like I am so, I feel such a sense of humility at the gift it is to be that witness for that person, for the person to bring their story. It's just such a, I mean, I, I still, I'm like, I can't believe I get to do this for a living. That's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> well, if you want to check out more about Mona's work, cause I know that, you know, I think studies show that it's like 80% of the population wants to write a book. Like so many of us oh, really? want to write books, books. So you can check it out at authormona.com. And it's also in the show notes. So Mona, as we wrap up here, I'll ask you a, the question that I ask all my guests at the end of our shows. And that is, 
what is messy and what is magical about your life right now? Mm. The messiness is the not knowing what the future holds mm-hmm. um, and, and wanting desperately wanting to know, you know, what the outcome will be. The magic is not knowing what the future holds <laughs> <laughs> and accepting that there are so many beautiful factors at play that are beyond you know, we, I call it the unfam- unfathomable. It's like the mystical that are beyond my consciousness, my beyond my ability to know at this time. And just that is extraordinary. That is magical. Mm. You know, mm. I am a part of something so much bigger than me. And yet I'm an inherent part of that. And that is beautiful. And that is enough. Amazing. Mona, thank you so much for being here on the Amy Ehlers Show. Thank you so much for having me. That was so fun. Keep surrendering. Keep practicing that self-care, everyone. And keep really getting curious about the power of your narrative and keep tuning into your inner wisdom. And with that, it's Amy Ehlers signing off, reminding you to keep embracing the messiness and the magic of life and rising and leading to your greatest contribution. Bye-bye, everyone.